All right, let's start everything at the same time. This meeting is being live streamed. Mm-hmm. Is it raining where you are, Dan? Because it's raining here in Toronto. No, it's not. The ice is moving around a bit, but it's not raining. Right How about now. let's check in with Brampton? Oh, yes, quite. Uh, it's uh, it's raining here quite profusely. Really? Is the forecast for rain today? I really haven't looked at it. In fact, I woke up to the rain dancing on the roof. I love that sound. That is a sound I, I can... It was that hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, with an insulated building like yours. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> Darn. And ins- are not are not most buildings in your life insulated, Dan? Are you living in a <laughs> are you living in a Quonset hut? He's got a big roof, you know, with a lot of space between that and the you know the other parts of the house. So that's what I meant. Oh. You know, for where I am right now, it's like a foot and a half to the to you know above the roof is the is when the rain will fall, and and then in the in the summer it's the trailer, you know, the tin roof. I that's that weird. Sound. Oh, trailers are crazy. Yeah. Although my trailer isn't like that because it's more like a little mobile home. But my Atta room, my Florida room, when it's raining, you can hardly hear yourself think. Mm. As they say. That's you can terrible. hardly hear yourself think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is fascinating stuff. Well, I'm trying to find something. I had to shut something down here. Oh, really? You were really ready for the show? Oh, no, I was. I was about to play something on Spotify and occasionally... Uh, for reasons I can't explain it, it just won't allow me to play something until I shut it down and start again. So I was doing oh, are you going to play like Riders on the Storm or yeah, uh, kind of something like that? Uh, I was trying I've got a to whole playlist of, of songs like that. Some yeah, I was trying to play uh, because oh, there we go. I was trying to play this for Dan because it calms him down so much and it does yeah. <clears throat> and he seemed fascinated by the fact that you live in a. A home that's insulated. <laughs> you know what? You know that app called Calm? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I'm going to look into that. I assumed it was free because I thought that's pretty cool. It's supposed to calm you down and make you feel good. You could have it on in the background. So I log on and I find out there's a goddamn subscription. All, yeah. all it think, did, um, this Calm app, all it did was aggravate me. Yeah. I'm all, <laughs> there you I'm go. All, I'm all yeah. in a tizzy now over calm. Yeah, I wish I'd had that joke to start with Friday night. That's a. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you do you think that uh, they they made this app just for free? And they thought, oh, all these people developed it, and they just thought I'd put it out in the world for nothing. I don't know. Some are like that. Not really. Some apps are free. Most apps are free. Not really. Well, it's in app. The calm thing isn't that an uh, in app? It's a meditation app. Yeah. But the funny thing about it is, all you have to do is go to, to Spotify, mm-hmm. which uh, obviously you have to pay for it. Although I'm surprised at how many people just get the free one. It's weird. Like, who wants that for the sake of 10 bucks a month? There's well, the same... Uh, you, know who, you know who thinks that way? The yeah. people that developed Calm, the app. <laughs> They're like, okay, so. for 10 bucks a month, you know, we can put out all this content. Yeah, but the thing is, for ten bucks on Spotify, all you have to do is search "calm" and it'll give you all the same shit. Yeah. Except, yeah, I think you, there's a there's a rain and rains for free, isn't it? You can play. Yeah, you can get free. you can. <laughs> yeah, rain is free. Um, I don't think the calm map is just sounds of things that are calm, though. 
Like I'm not hundred okay. percent sure what it is. Well, there's a there's a, I think there's a guided meditation. Yeah, there's I mean, any, but you, anything beyond uh, base level, you know, meditation. If you want to get, into but you can yeah, you can get guided meditation on Spotify as well. Can you? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd like to see you do guided meditation. You'd like to see what, sir? You do guided meditation. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, it would be great. You got a great voice. Thank you. I don't know how long you could do it, but... For money, I would do it. So here's a guided meditation. You are about to embark on a guided meditation journey. You are this guy. <laughs> nice voice. I'm you are him. I'm so aggravated by his voice already. Well, this is, this was my original relaxation. <laughs> Where you will experience a wonderful... No, your original point was you shouldn't have to pay for meditation. ...state of mind. Well, no, my original point was I go to see something to get calm that all it does is fire me up. Okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, got, that's what got you eight. fired up. Yeah, we got... Is that guy got a British accent? I can't hear yeah, 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 it is, yeah. You, don't you know what I was telling Bill yesterday? The weirdest thing, you gotta check it out, is Michael C. Hall. Yeah. In that British series, uh, Safe putting on an English accent. I don't think he does it very well. It's weird. I, like, I don't... Of all the English actors, why would they hire him to come over there and put on an English accent? Switch between... I don't know. There's lots of English la- English actors that are in American series putting on yeah, American accents. That's accents. true. You know? They that's do a better true. job, though, I think, for whatever reason. Um, most, most... Yeah, English I know what you actors. mean. Like, But there... I, I don't know. I don't have an example. But I, I know there must be... And if at any time some actors in America, some American actors that can put on an English accent, but you know he, and again I was late to the game, but he's such sort of such a significant character. You know, Dexter was a pretty big thing. Again, I was late to the game, but to see yeah. him and think of that character, and now all of a sudden he's talking with this British accent, which personally I don't think is very good. Yeah, well. Um, it's weird. Yeah, you know, you know. Here's the thing, though. Like, you know, the guy Michael C. Hall who plays Dexter. Mm-hmm. He's not really Dexter. He's just acting. <laughs> okay, so when he goes over he? and puts on an English accent, let me finish. This will be good. He's okay, acting so- as. <laughs> he's, he's also acting. Okay, so he's not really Dexter, and he's not really British. He's just a guy from Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay. Now it's clear. (laughs) Uh, All right. uh, Big show today. Big show. Uh, If you're a Hundy P, you probably remember this character, Uchi, Dr. Uchi Odi Atu, uh, dentist and motivational fit speaker. He's been uh, for years uh, contributing to this program. One of the most in shape guys we know. Mid 50s. Looks amazing. But you'll be surprised today, Fred. Because I had a chat with Uchi last week, and he has changed his look, and he will be here with us in about a half an hour's time. If you're watching us on Facebook, you'll see that Uchi's got a new vibe going. Really? Yep. Looks good. Wow. Yeah, different look, though. Uh, Also, we're going to talk to some uh, fine folks from uh, GoDaddy. Dan Duran, uh, we haven't really even officially started the show, so are you allowed to... uh, Tease the the news, or do you have to wait until the body of the program? Well, I, yeah. Well, no. I I think we can 
talk about it now. Are you uh, sure? Just, I'm, yeah, just the only thing I'm uh, I've got on the, the docket, so to speak, is a little enough of Musk. I've had I've had enough Musk. Oh, there's a comment or is a news story about him it's taking a news over? Story about you know Musk taking over Twitter. Musky thing. Yeah, all that and. You know. you know, you can move into news and opinion. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I can wander, wander through the arts. What, what, no, no, no. What, no, he's there. Who used to say that? Now with news and views, here's Charles yeah. Deering. Or, mm-hmm. News and views, here's Dan Duran. Yeah. So if you want to do a commentary, like you can go with, in the news today, uh, Elon Musk has bought like 9% of Twitter. Here's according to this newsman. <laughs> According to my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. And then well, you just lay it on us, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. In the meantime. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shemong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who share their daily step count with anyone who will listen as though some kind of competition and are more worthy. I walked 7,000 steps yesterday. Oh, yeah, well, last month I walked 7 miles. Oh, yeah, well, that'll be 10,000 zoos golf opens. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, Dan's really got his whole, he's got his own scenarios going now. Mm-hmm. He's putting on these little vignettes, and I like it. I'm fully uh, on board, Dan. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very clever. Very, very good. Um... I had written down, uh, this sort of came up at the end of the show yesterday, but I wrote it down just to check in, because uh, in a couple of weeks, actually next week, I think, I'm not sure, but we're going to talk uh, another Noom update, and we could have a couple of new Noomers. Uh, Dan Duran is going to join. Stephen Edmonton, Steve is signing up, and uh, brother David, Mexico Dave, that's where he is right now. Did I ever send you the information as to where he was? Remember you asked me? No. Okay, I'll do it today. I, I've where got is it. He? He's in uh, Playa, that area. Oh, okay. Anyway, he started Noom, so a lot of people are getting on board. And uh, Dan Duran's going to start his journey soon. Very soon, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably today would be the, the start of the journey. No, I, you know, we don't want to rush it down. I know you've got paperwork. No, no. I know you've got paperwork to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my I, my son's back from his trip to Montreal. Oh, yeah. Show me how the scale works. I tried to get the scale working, and it didn't work. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry? The scale. You need to, you need to know how you much stand you weigh. On it. Right? You stand on it. I know, but it's not. It's, it's going. <laughs> okay. Oh, hold on a second. Freaked, I, know, I, know, I know I'm not the handiest of us. <clears throat> Yeah. But you know the scale is pretty simple. I thought so. Are you having trouble are you having trouble turning it on? You stand on it, it goes on and lights up a little window. Yeah. But yeah. then it then the the whatever the then there's three zeros and it, it keeps going and then all of a sudden it says things I have no three idea. Three zeros, you must weigh a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no Fred, that's just his you know. Fred. I don't know. It says to weigh it separately. He has to. He has to. He has to deduct the weight of his clank, and then make. That's right. The scale's going too much. Can't register. Oh my goodness, Dan! I'm surprised. You're most technically adept person I know. Yeah. 
I didn't want to invest a lot of time in it because I know my son did that already. And he, he, I guess you can set up a profile on this thing and, you know, weigh your your, your bone Jesus. density and stuff. I don't know any of that. So, so when I stood on the scale, it went six semicolon. Uh, small zero, large, <laughs> well, large problem. six three. I don't know what that meant. That's the problem. You stood on it. It goes bone density. Jesus Christ, I can't handle this. <laughs> That's right. Abort. <laughs> Shut it's itself cold. down. It's Jesus Christ, it wasn't made for this. <laughs> Cannot register. This bone density is too big. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> anyway, I'm Daddy. really surprised. Well, Daddy. as soon as you get registered get going then yes. you can be part of the conversations that fred and i have occasionally we had one this morning where fred bemoans the fact that he was one weight one day and then had some thai food last night and now weighs more and i and that's why i went into the app and showed you in the last five or six days i've had a four pound variance just, you know, depends on the time of day you weigh yourself, but also what you've eaten the night before. Like, it, you know, a lot of takeout food, Thai food, Chinese food has a lot of sodium with it. I guess you just retain a little extra weight. But it's just crazy because, you know, how hard it is to take weight off. And I was literally up a pound and a half from yesterday. And what I ate wouldn't even weigh a pound and a half. I'm like, how that works. But I guess... It retains any water or whatever that you've been drinking or how, how, however it works. It's somewhat discouraging. But, again, through Noom, you learn the peaks and valleys. You learn how have it you, works. Have you geolocated exactly where that pound has gone on you somewhere? It's gone to your Well, right now, it's, right now it's resting <laughs> next to some... <laughs> I was going to say, it's resting next to some peanuts and some <laughs> dull granola. By the way, I just... Can you tell your wife... I love her so much. She, her, I just finished her granola today, like you guys gave us some granola. And, and unlike last time when Rachel stole it from me, Doll was so gracious, she gave us two separate jars, and I just finished mine this morning. It's so goddamn good. Ooh, I, she probably forgot. Usually that's a parting gift when you visit our home. She didn't give Dan any last night. Mm. Dan or Lisa, maybe she forgot, or maybe we're out. I don't know. Well, oh. I'm sure it wasn't personal, but I tell you, it's so good. Um, the point I'm going to make, though, is what, it, there are certain things that are diuretics, maybe like coffee makes you pee, things that, are, that actually get you to release water. And there are certain things like sodium and MSG that help you retain it. But when you look at your weight overall, like I'm down 12 pounds. I started on the 3rd of January. This isn't the Noom thing, but is, is, I think it's interesting. Three months have gone by. And now for the last couple of weeks, I've maintained around the same range of weight. And I think that's kind of where I want to be as the summer starts. I know what you were saying. You wanted to get, lose even more. So you had a little wiggle room. But I like the I, I wanted to learn how to maintain my weight because my problem has always been I can lose it. And then as soon right. as I take the governor off, it's like, all right, <laughs> chicken yep. wings. That's it. For every meal. Yeah. So, so I'm just bounce. trying to mean have what's that, Dan? So you bounce. Well, I try not to, but it's hard not to because as soon as the golf season starts, yeah, my exercise in terms of my steps goes up. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I'm a little less vigilant. Oh, I just grab a sandwich and then I eat poorly, and you know, I'm just not as yeah. I'm not as attentive though. And that stuff, like the bad stuff, you know, everything that tastes really, really good is not good for you usually. You know what I mean? As far as the junk shit goes. 
You know, it takes a while to um, sort of wean yourself off that. You know, you get the you know the carb cravings that we all get. Mm-hmm. If you concentrate, you can sort of lose that over a week or ten days. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, if you fall off the wagon and you have a day where you're just eating some carbs, it just it grabs hold of you. You want it the next day too. It's it's just. <sighs> That high density, those high density carbs, they're, they're, it's like crack. I find that anyway. No, I, I'm, I agree. I mean, part of it is, uh-huh. I mean, it's just, there's a science behind it that certain foods like oh, yeah. that, high glycemic foods, uh-huh. get burned quickly. But what they do is they also set up a, a cycle of craving for those foods. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things. You know, that you learn inside. And then, Dan, I'm curious to see how you're going to find this because you do need to be a bit vigilant in terms of logging and reading and because there's an understanding to it. It's not just keeping track of your Uh calories. But what's good about this app, and I, I would hardly recommend it, is the fact that you learn about things like this. You learn about how to sort of game your system in terms of making sure you have enough energy output in a day and that you're just taking in less calories than you're burning. It's pretty simple. But well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to some of that because I know that I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm not overweight. I just got mm. a few pounds I got to lose, but mm. it's, it's one of those things where, you know, in the winter you gain a little bit more, but, you know, you sort of graze through whatever is not good for you in the kitchen. But, I, you know, having to... Uh, log all that to profile yourself you know keep yourself responsible to whatever you know pull out a few chips or a pretzel covered you know don't uh, never well it's been quite the startup because uh danny called me my son called me i think saturday and i you know he started on sunday but i guess he doesn't i guess his he can understand his scale or something yeah <laughs> yeah, he got right something he, like that. Yeah, Freddie, he got right past the scale port part. Yeah, you know this mm-hmm. bit. This bit that we're doing it yeah. would be. We should actually talk to Dan off here because it would be funnier if he just never got the scale to work. And then, <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, Dan, I I'm willing to bet you are overweight according to the BMI chart. I was talking to Darren about this yesterday. Like, according to the BMI chart, I should weigh, like, between 155 and 160. Yeah, me That's too. That's just insane. N- not that I low, but I'm, I'm, I'm overweight according to that chart. Oh, yeah. So I feel good at around 170 pounds. According to the BMI, I'm, a, I'm at the high end of normal mm-hmm. there. Where if I lose any more weight than that, I have Delise and the kids going, Oh, Dad, you know, you, you might not want to lose any more weight. But again, part of that is being sixty-five too, because you're just then you just become skin hanging. <laughs> That's right. You know, there. It's funny you say that because I, I said that to Rachel when we were in Palm Springs. There's a certain weight that women get below, like older women. Like it's almost funny because because men when they're overweight can look bad in their sixties. You know, the big gut, yeah. the boiler, whatever. But. Too much weight loss on a woman in her 60s starts to look almost like sort of pterodactyl-like. <laughs> you know, it's almost like the this sort of like skinny but big-headed, lots of hair. There's a lot of that in California. And uh, and I said, you know, when a woman gets too skinny as they age, it almost it makes them look older is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Oh, yeah. You got there's a fine line there. But it's an ongoing battle, and I guess even at, you know, at our age, it's even tougher. I mean, for men, uh, you know, 
guy in his mid-60s trying to lose weight and maintain weight because your body obviously doesn't respond or perform like it did 20, 30 years ago, goes without saying. But anyway. All right. You know. Well, Dan, we're looking forward to it, my friend. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. I hope you uh, maybe even take a little time now between now and when you come back with the news. Maybe you could go online, do a Google search to get a tutorial on how to how scales work. <laughs> you know, okay. Maybe come back. Thank no, seriously. Maybe come back in a couple hours and whenever we do this thing, and then uh, you know, maybe we'll have an update. We'll have a. We'll have me. Uh, it would be fun to have Dan Duran's ceremonial weigh in. I think that'd yeah. be cool. <laughs> You know, Dan, there can't be an ending without a beginning, right? Yes, you're right. So I get all kinds of music around and, uh, you know, people, I'll need some people, photographers and one of those backdrops with the word Dan Duran all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, Daniel. Or you could just, you know, get on the scale in about an hour and a half and let us know. I'm really. Could you when when you come back with for the news? Could you just show us the scale? Maybe we can, you know, talk you through it. <laughs> well, it'll be. We can all work around it together. There's Dan Duran, everybody. Uh, I mentioned Uchi's going to be here. Some GoDaddy people, but of course, this program is uh, brought to you by. Can you do Bodog now, or what were you going to do? Uh, yeah, I can. I, I'm only thing because the. Ontario basically is now legalized Ontario-based online gambling. The Bodog's been there for a while. Right on. Uh, Maple Leafs uh, wheeled into uh, Tampa Bay last night and kicked lightning ass 6-2. Mm. Austin Matthews scores three goals. Now has 54 on the season, tying Rick Vives' club record. A very exciting night. Tonight, the Maple Leafs, listen, no time for rest. Play the Florida Panthers, arguably the best team in the league. The Panthers favored, yes, the Leafs pay $145 to win. But should be exciting. The over-under, seven goals. Crazy, crazy. Uh, but just an example of, uh, you know, an event you can play on Bodog. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a uh, poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. It's all there. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Well done. Uh, I was just looking for some odds. I don't have them in front of me, but uh, there's a lot of betting going on around the Masters this week, uh, as you can imagine. You know, it's only been the last few years that golf's even allowed betting in this sport. But once they did, once they've opened the doors, it's such a great sport to bet on in real time, too, because just like a lot of those, a lot of those bets in football that I was unaware of, you know, I haven't really... You know, done a lot of that. I, I didn't realize in football you cannot not just bet on outcomes of scores and over unders, but you can bet on you know mm-hmm. first to score, first to you know uh, the, yeah. the odds of running back a kick. Well, in golf, you can you know cuts. You, who's going to make the cut? Top tens. You know, first to make a hole in one. All kinds of betting, and of course now the bet is will Tiger play or not, and he will announce that I think today. Actually, I. I I'm not 100% because he's got a press conference this morning. 
but he has said he may not let anyone know until Thursday morning. It just depends on how he can recover, because apparently right. he can play. I, I watched some video yesterday, but he's not... He's got a leg that's basically was shattered 15 months ago. And it's the walking that apparently is the is the game time decision because he's got to decide if he's going to damage his leg by, you know, walking five or six rounds on that golf course. You wouldn't think it's that big a deal. I know it's easy to own walking, but, you know, it's a surgically repaired leg and he's an old guy. He's 46 years old. He doesn't really need to do this. But as we've said a million times, it just makes it more interesting when he does. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's got the uh, sports world on the edge of their seat right now. By the way, John Rahm, the favorite. Yes. To win the Masters again. Wasn't he the last major he was the favorite? Yeah, he won, I I think. Well, he's tied with Justin Thomas. I don't think he won the last major. I think he won the U.S. Open last year, but. No, no, but the last, the PGA a few weeks ago, he was the favorite. The PGA, no, a few weeks ago was the Players' Championship. He the was players, the, he, he was the was, favorite because yeah. yeah. he was the number one player yeah. in the world. He's number two player in the world now. Who's, who's number one? A guy named Scott, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he just became number one. What are Tiger's odds on that? I don't even see him. Really? No, I would, no, it's a long list. I don't even see if uh, Tiger's on there. <clears throat> But wouldn't he be more on a bet whether he's playing or not? And then once he confirms, then he would be on this list? Yeah, maybe that that list is of confirmed players, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have, again, I don't have a, a, I don't have Bodog open in front of me, but I'll promise you, as of, you know, today, you can make a legal bet on golf in a lot of different ways. And I'm, you know, you can have that bet. Uh, you know, I, I wonder, like, I'm in a, I'm going to be in a master's pool, but I wanted to ask you about this. The um, you're basically just you're supposed to pick you know your team, but one of the things in this in the rules are it says the Tiger Woods rule: if your player doesn't tee it up, no replacement is given. So I'm not going to pick Tiger until I find out if he's playing. The only problem is this pool closes Wednesday, and uh, he may not decide until Thursday. So I'll be stuck with a because uh, it's about total earnings in this pool. So you pick a bunch of players, and then whoever earns the most money, not just mm. who wins. Anyway, when's the deadline for picking? Wednesday evening? Oh, so if he does, oh, okay. So if he's not announcing to Thursday, of course right. you wouldn't pick him. Right? Well, and the thing is, if I pick him and he doesn't play, then there's a kind of a big gap in the team that I'm trying to put together. Well, he probably wouldn't. You, one thing to play, do you think he could actually perform well? I think that if he plays, if he decides to play, he'll only do that if he thinks he has a chance to contend. Could he win it? Probably not. But is it possible? Absolutely. And if he Wouldn't plays... story? Oh, my God. If he played and even was somewhere near the lead, you know, Sunday would just be bananas. Yeah, I'd but, say. But this uh, weekend also is uh, significant in sports because your Toronto Blue Jays. Is this the home opener this weekend? Friday night. Friday night. And you're going? No. 
Saturday. I'm going. I'm going Saturday. Nice. So they play their last spring game today, and then head north. <laughs> oh, it feels good. The first time since 2019, they'll be heading home for a regularly scheduled home opener. Although this something? one was delayed, obviously because of the labor dispute. But uh, I'm sure Friday night there'll be 50,000 packed into the dome, some in masks, some not in masks. And you, when you go Saturday, I think you mentioned this, but will you wear your mask to your seat? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Just out of respect Mm -hmm. for others. Uh, And I don't know. You know, I mean, if I got a beer while I was there, obviously it would be off. But again... Whether I get a beer all depends on this year's pricing. Uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj, our very good friend, Gig Sky buddy, uh, sent me, you know, because I was talking about this with you yesterday. I would I would like to go to a baseball game. You know, I've been to a basketball game with Rudra, and he sent me a note saying, let me know when you want to go. I've got a number of games available. You can take Rachel or we can go. Either one would be great for me. But we were talking about this signal stealing or sign stealing. And I was kind of, we were sort of wondering, like, what's the big deal? We haven't, you know, you don't need to be banging on a garbage can lid to relay signals to. Right. And I said, you know, why? We're the third base coach or the first base coach. What Ruger said here is with a batter on second base, the catcher and pitcher go through a sequence of signs to hide what the actual pitch will be so that the runner on second base doesn't just see one sign for a Mm -hmm. pitch and know it's being thrown. My question to you, though, aren't aren't there a certain amount of like those other coaches looking for signals, relaying what they think the pitch is going to be already to the batter? Could be. I mean, you could be be in the dugout looking at the monitor. Right. Like, yeah, I don't... You know what, Howard? Um, Yes, would be the answer, and it's multi-leveled, and uh, it's become an issue over the past few years, and maybe this technology will fix that. Uh, But you got to... Listen, here's the thing about it as well. If I'm watching a game, and, you know, uh, Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez are calling the game. Buck is an old catcher. He can almost predict, based on the count, what yeah. the next pitch is going to be. Of course. You know what I mean? So. It's it's not, you know, I, the, the signal issue just sort of blows up on that level. I mean, guys that know the game can anticipate pitches based on the pitch count. So it's all over my head, yeah. you know. And and when you said yesterday that the catchers or somebody already has a card looking at, what are they looking at? Like in a quarterback situation, he's looking at plays. Is a catcher looking at batter tendencies? Is a Yeah. Yeah. So it's got the line. He's got the lineup there, and he says, "Okay, Fred Patterson, you yeah. know, likes the, this pitch, doesn't like that pitch, or these are the pitches we're going to pitch to him." I believe there was a controversy last year with the Blue Jays. The, uh, I, maybe Danny Jansen, the Jays catcher, slid into home, and his little card fell out of his back pocket, oh, yeah. and the other team grabbed it and wouldn't give it back. <laughs> Come on, yeah. And then that, then the debate was, you know, is that being bad sports or is that just part of the game, man? You, you, you dropped your card. Of course we want it. Why would we give it back? <clears throat> is that, well, because we're not children. How about that? <laughs> um, we got a couple of uh, emails from you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, one other thing before yeah. we move on from sports. Sad news this morning I was reading. Uh, Mike Bossy now in palliative care. Oh. Now, doesn't that, you know, given our age, yeah, well, yeah. really strike a chord? Sure. Like, Remember what a prolific goal scorer he was. In One the, of the all-time greats. Yeah. New York Wilson. Islanders. Oh, man. So he's in pallet with lung cancer. And the latest I heard, too, is that Guy Lafleur's not much better. His lung cancer has overtaken him. So two superstars from uh, our era as, um, as younger guys are, are, you know, on the on the brink. I didn't. Uh, I, I knew. I didn't realize Lafleur was that sick. I think I had heard he's like, well, but you know, not to be a dick, but he smoked like crazy. Yeah, I think uh, Bossy did too. Lafleur, the story about him smoking cigarettes, famously in between periods, would light one up in the dressing room. Yeah, and and I oh, remember I he his hair. I, that that was one thing I do remember from him. He was one of the. That era of helmetless hockey players. Mm-hmm. That guy had some flow. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny, though? You think you got the world by the tail. What he's had to deal with is lung cancer, and prior to that, erectile dysfunction. So I'll tell you, all the good fortune in his life quickly came to an end. He had, to, much, he, had to keep ta- he had to tape up his stick before every, every, <laughs> before every game. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he went public with his erectile dysfunction, which who knows may have been connected to his... His smoking. Lung pro- no, his smoke, smoking. Whatever. Yeah. Smoking is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they first started put, putting pictures of, you know, dire consequences on cigarette packages, you know, yes. pictures of diseased lungs and mm-hmm. rotten teeth? Well, one of the, the, the ads was a picture of a cigarette drooping. And it said smoking can cause erectile dysfunction. Wow. This is a droopy cigarette. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing I quit. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, that would be so, well, that sucks for Bo- about Bossy. Uh, Clark Gillies, one of his Islander teammates, also passed away, you know, in the last couple months. And would have been, those guys are all in the same age category in their mid-60s. Right. Which, as you know, Frederick, it's not a very, it's not as, not as old as it used to seem. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, it used to seem a lot Tell older. About it. Until one of your buddies is 65, and your my brother just turned 66, Edmonton Steve. Mm-hmm. My older brother is going to turn 70 this summer. Wow. All right, yeah. let's get to this. Uh, we got a couple more people that have been uh, so nice to us. And uh, let's, uh, who have you got in front of you? I'm sorry, Howard, I'm not there yet. I got distracted. These are what you said yes, sent yesterday. Yeah, right? I'm sorry, I didn't give you a warning. I'll start with Michael Zanetti Go says, uh, Hi guys, I wanted to say, uh, what a fantastic interview with Kevin Donovan. It was. That was last week. I admit I tuned into the show to hear your take on the Will Smith thing, but was hooked by your uh, Kevin Donovan interview. You guys really know how to run an interview. It's informative and fascinating and all done with the Humble and Fred jokey joke style. I laughed out loud when I heard Frank D'Angelo's involvement, too. 
Michael goes on to say, I'm glad you guys are still around, although I'm not a 100 percenter anymore. I still check in from time to time to hear what you boys have been up to. Going through some tough times uh, myself, he goes on to say, so hearing you brings a level of comfort and stress relief for me. Anyway, just sending thanks. Uh, just sending thanks for being you. Isn't that a nice sentiment? You know, in oh, these troubled well, times? <clears throat> it's wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael Hi Zinnett. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is uh, Brian Barnett. He says, good day, Easy G, uh, and fly Freddie P. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. He thinks uh, you're fly. Uh, see if this changes the slap heard around the world. See if you can imagine it this way. And does it change the outcome? The joke is told. The crowd laughs. Next, we see Will Smith approaching the presenter. Next, the slap in the face. Then we see a startled Amy Schumer as Will walks away. Does this change uh, uh, the presenter uh, discussion? Not asking for any other reason other than having a discussion. Cheers, Brian, from the wick. No. I think we know what the answer well, he, is. Well, yeah, yeah, that sentence was, does this change of the presenter change the change discussion? Change the discussion, yeah. I mean, obviously... It, you know, yeah. it's a completely different conversation. It would obviously, it would probably never happen, but it would. I, to me, it the more the question that comes to mind. If if that is Ricky Gervais, how does it change? How does it change the situation? A black guy hitting a white guy, white guy. It, yeah. Even though that should not matter, I'm sure it would on some level. If a white guy hit a black guy, it would be worse than a black guy hitting a white guy, and on and on. I mean, that's where we are. Yeah, but what about the get back up a, a scenario before that? Getting back to what if it was Will Smith slapping Amy Schumer? What if Jada Pinkett got up and slapped Chris Rock? You know, what if a woman got up and slapped a man? But what if Jada got offended, got up? I, I guarantee you that would change the conversation. And every every man in the crowd would have got a boner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would they? Okay. Cat fight, cat fight. No, not a girl and a guy. No, not I a girl said. and a girl. A girl and a guy. Oh, a girl and a guy. Yes. Oh. Not what if it, so if yeah I'm right. saying if Jada Pinkett I thought, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant if a girl hit a girl yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Right. a girl hit a guy yeah that's why yeah. I I laughed along with that because it sounded like you were making a joke but I realized you were making a joke I didn't understand which is right. fine no you're right sure if uh, two girls get up there and started kissing and then make you know and then slapping each other right I'm saying what if Jada slapped what if a woman slapped a man that conversation would be different because his point yes. was what if a what if a, a man slapped a woman well that never would have happened if amy schumer makes that joke will right. smith does not get out of his chair right. no way he does mm-hmm. but what if jada did yeah. and slapped yeah. chris rock yeah so sorry i i still had uh, amy as the as the presenter yeah, in scenario that's okay jada. But, yeah um yeah I don't know. I mean, you can look at all of the scenarios and and uh, and analyze it. Who knows? I don't want to get into it except to say, when I was looking at that email today, I thought, isn't it interesting? It's only Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. It's only one Monday through Friday and one day past the time this happened. And it's almost non-existent now. That's kind of the world we live in. 
It didn't even last, like that comic, uh, Gerard Carmichael. It didn't even last the whole week. By Wednesday, we were all sick of it. By Thursday, Friday, almost no one was talking about it. And now it's Tuesday. And when we were reading that email, it's like, oh, yeah, that thing that happened. Yeah. And it's sad. Because say what you want about Will Smith, he's just got to every he's just got to still feel just horrible what he did, you know, and he's expressed that. And. uh, And the worst part of that is just feeling that you robbed so many others of a great of great moments, a great moment. Yeah, for sure. And then the people that were robbed of the moment must be still pissed off. Yeah, I would think so. Wouldn't you? That uh, even though they may not be able to say it in public, but they their night was skewed, altered. Mm-hmm. The vibe was changed because of that incident. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Did you mention it or? But the update to the story is that Will Smith has resigned from the academy. Mm-hmm. I've I've read a few things. I'm not really sure what that means. They're not taking away. They say there's some discipline coming, but they're not going to take away his academy award. No, and they? I don't think they should. He won the Oscar for... It doesn't take away what he did in King Richard. I mean, seriously, what would taking the Oscar do? He still won it. Oh, so you take the statue away. But he still... Even if you say, okay, all of a sudden, you didn't win it, and we're going to give it to somebody (laughs) else. He still won it. You know what I mean? This is no longer yours. This is no longer yours, and we're going to take the second place finisher and make him the winner. Well, it doesn't change the fact that he actually won it. So why even go through that exercise? You're right, except they got to do something. They have to do something uh, for a lot of reasons. They just can't let it go. But he made a preempt. I mean, listen, in the last seven days that we've been talking about this guy, this Will Smith character has been in a lot of meetings. A lot of people trying to figure out a way out of this PR nightmare for him. But you know what time it is now? It's time for something a little more positive. It's time to wipe away all the negativity. There he is. It's oh. time. Look, see? He's got a whole yeah. new look going on. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Look at our Good. friend. How are Uchi. you? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Well, listen, let's do this officially, because for a lot of years, this was our guide, our man, our spiritual guide to wellness. He would come on our show from time to time and just give us a bit of a jolt, a little bit of a pick me up, a little bit of a change in the weather. He is uh, not only a dentist, but he's a uh, well uh, versed in the world of fit, uh, whatever, you know, fit uh Eating, working out, speaking around uh, North America on these topics and more. Please welcome back one of our very dear friends, Dr. Uchi Odiatu. Hello, sir. Hey, good morning. Had a chance to uh, catch up with you last week. Just for a few seconds, I said to Fred at the top of the show, I said, you haven't seen Uchi in a while. He's got a whole new look. <laughs> it's just, it's got a whole <laughs> groove on, man. It is a different group. It is a different group. You got to evolve. You know, that's you, you can't stay the same in this world, can you? No. No. Hey, hey Doc. Maybe um, he sounds a little distant to me, Howard. Okay. Well, yeah, because he's talking into his. You, you don't have a yeah. microphone. You're just sort of talking into your computer, right? Yeah, lean yeah, into it what? a bit more. You know, I had um, okay. So that's about as close as I get. I, I I just realized my my earphones are in my 
and I'm, I'm in my car, so that's okay. Well, if you talk really close to the uh, the camera, okay. that'll be great. Okay. Um, okay. for people who are new to our show, which is you know, we I don't know if you understand, we're still doing the program. We've we've been doing it for years, and there might be people who don't know who you are, and sure. I and may think we're kidding that you're a dentist. But just give us a quick origin story. Like you have a, a dental degree, but you also have had a lifelong interest in psychology and, and fitness. How does this all work together? And, and what do, what do you do more of, teeth or fitness? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think they're all connected. If you ask me, there's not one part of the body that's disconnected from the other. You know, if you have a toothache, every part of your body knows. You know, if a, if a woman's pregnant, her feet know. So that being said, um, you know, fitness, nutrition has been with me since day one. My mom, you know, inspired a passion with nutrition, with giving me cod liver oil when I was six years of age with a big silver spoon. OK, um, my dad said, you've, you've been studying enough. Get outside and play. So that's been in me since day one. A dental school wasn't until age 21. And um, so I've kind of woven the conversation nutrition and health and sleep and managing stress into all my chairside conversations with patients. So I still do that though. I'm still a dentist. I'd say at least um, three days a week. Um, some days a little less, depending if I'm traveling. But I love sharing with people how to get excited about the body once more. Well, this is a lifetime journey for you. Have you ever, like Howard and I, uh, have experienced moments there where you you got fat and lazy and? <laughs> Is that ever, ever been like part of your life? Any, you know what I'm getting? Have you been a normal guy at all? For sure. No, that's for sure. No, I think people often think just if someone's fit, they've never had, they've gone, no, no, never gone through a drive through Or if you're an exerciser, you, you've always loved exercise. There's been days I didn't want to go and didn't go. There's been times I went through the drive through You know, Uber, if you look at my Uber Eats account, you would see there's not a whole lot of uh, free-range, um, hormone-free beef on my Uber Eats account. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little dim sum here and there. You know, I, I want to ask you something, and, and it's come up a, a bit recently. Because, you know, Uchi and I, we, I remember years ago we worked out a little bit together. We've often talked about these things. But Fred brought something up that's come up as a theme on our show from time to time. And that's this. Why does why even bother starting something a regime a weight loss exercise program? Why start if you know possibly there's a chance you won't keep doing it? Uh, like you know, I, and I am I getting that right, Fred? Like like it's yeah. almost like what's the point? And I think you'd have something to say about that. You always have these metaphysical questions and ways of looking at getting a flat stomach or a six-pack. But um, that's like anything else. So why get married if the chance of not being married is a possibility? Why get up in the morning if there's a chance, you know, you might not make it on the 401 that day? So I think it's just like anything. Anything you, you anything like someone like you, you and Fred have done well, or both of you have done well. Why do this every day? You know, there's one time the power could go out and the show could go off. So fitness and exercise is the same thing. You know, I, you do it. And basically they talk about a plane being off course through much of the travels. The plane is often pointed in a different direction and, and, and taken with, with the trade winds, etc. just like fitness. You know, I haven't always had a flat stomach and a six squares, you know, but I think the illusion is I have, and I constantly tell people I can have a big Mac, you know, I can finish off a bottle of red wine. And people are like, shocked, Uch, you drank a bottle of wine? Yeah, I've had a bottle and a glass, to tell you the truth, during, during the pandemic. Yeah. So uh, that being said, it's, it's, it's moderation, it's balance. It might be cliche, 
That's definitely kept me in shape longer than most people, or longer than most health experts, for sure. It's a strategy, too, because I'll explain a little further what I have said to Howard. It's like, before I start an exercise regime, I think that it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, and just like every other time over the past 20 years, I'll probably be gung-ho at the beginning, and then it'll peter off, but I... I have found the problem with me is I start too fast, too hard, right? And then it turns me off. And it's to get that mindset that, you know, you don't have to do that a little bit every day Mm -hmm. for forever is better than nothing. I think many people don't have a dimmer switch on their fitness. It's either all or nothing. I mean, right. Navy SEAL or Elvis Presley at the end. You know? <laughs> that's right. And that's when nails By the me. Way, when you mean the very end mm-hmm. on the toilet or just before okay. that? Okay. Or very close. Nope. Or very close. But I want to mm-hmm. say I love that phrase. That's a great way to – we, we don't have a dimmer switch. It's like all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Which, the brand new year is – this is the year I'm going to get into shape. And it's, uns- I guess, Fred. Fred's point, and I kind of get it, is that a mm-hmm. lot of people have unsustainable fitness goals. Because they overdo it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole New Year's resolution, I'm loose. I, I can't celebrate until I've lost 20 pounds. And, and people don't realize the science of nutrition is your physiology starts changing in the middle of a meal. You know? And they've actually shown that the minute you start thinking of a meal your body starts making the enzymes and your body starts changing the digestive juices to accommodate the meal you're eating. And I think if people need to know some of the, I'm not going to geek out on you this morning, but I think people need to understand the science of the food and the body, how the body really flows with you. You know, like that, that first night of going to bed with good intentions, you sleep a little deeper, you know, having a, a, gl- a glass of wine right before bed, you dream a little less. And they've shown now that dreaming helps you manage your emotions. You actually become more emotionally balanced uh, when you have at least 100 minutes a night. So um, so all these things play upon each other. The sleep, the movement, the managing stress, it, it all works out. And, you know, we had been talking before you came on. Fred and I have a, a sponsor. I'll just explain. You've, you've heard of the Noom app, N-O-O-M. Mm-hmm. So there are sponsors. So what happened in early January, Fred and I were thinking, okay, listen, we've got to start talking about this app. So let's just try it out. And, and really innocently, I wasn't looking to lose a lot of weight. I'm, I've been in pretty good shape for the last six years since I stopped, you know, drinking. You think a bottle of wine? That's cute. Anyway, so ever since I stopped drinking multiple bottles of wine, I kept my weight pretty level. But this just being, I guess the point I'm trying to make is for the last three months, he and I have lost a little bit of weight. I've lost 12 pounds. He's lost five or seven just by being a little bit more accountable, not to anyone else, but to ourselves and the food we're eating. And that's actually, I was going to say, that's when they talk about this being a psychology based mm-hmm. weight loss program. It's because you're, you're sort of being, um, I would say, attentive and accountable to yourself. What would you say, Freddie? Yeah. That's it. I mean, that nails it. By the way, I'm down 14. I'm sorry. Are you down what? 14. <laughs> From well, 186 why, then, to 172. Then why but there, you, there was another question I wanted But why were you being so sad this morning that you were up a pound and a half? Well, I was going to ask, um, you know, you talk about how, you know, um, while you're eating meal, things are changing. Example, uh, I was happy with my weight yesterday, like a 172.5, and I had some Thai food last night. It didn't even weigh a pound and a half, the food I ate, yet I'm up a pound and a half this morning. What's going on? Is, is it? What happens in a situation like that? What does your body do? Great question. I think it's a lot of, if 
once you once you've mastered that the mindset of it, you become less doubtful. But it's like when someone starts saving and investing money, you know, they, they call their broker two months later, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, I'm down this or I'm up. Like, I think the overall you think of compounding interest or fitness, you start applying that mindset, and, you know, getting more of a dimmer, more of a moderate view. You don't worry about the pound and a half. You know, it's just like the relationship can still go well and have an argument. Like if you can have an mm-hmm. argument with your partner and I'll think, oh, my God, it's going to end. What happened? I just had to, hey. You can don't disagree with someone, you know, so you can gain a pound and a half and not be a big deal, you know. Uh, well, um, but I, physiologically, I said to him, you know, because it's because I've gone I've had a three or four pound wobble the last seven days. I've been down a couple pounds. It was in the I was like 178. And now I'm then I went to 182. I'm down to 180. I, what I what I've liked is I've been able to maintain my weight now for a few weeks at a very sort of. A level that I'm not worrying about it, but what is physiologically going on with food like Thai food, Chinese food, things that have a lot of salt in them that he would get on the scale this morning and be, you know, almost a couple of pounds different than he was yesterday? Well, well, a man, a man's body, we can do that in a day. We can go up and down as much as five pounds in a day. Many people think, oh, my God, I'm down five pounds. I'm, I'm doing so great. Well, in a day, we can we can we can level off that way. So I'd almost say it's better of having a zone. Because um, the physiology of nutrition has changed dramatically. Like in the 80s, it was all about eggs were bad. Now they're saying eggs are fine. You know, back um, in the 90s, it was all six small meals a day. Now the science has come out that it might be a good idea to miss a meal once in a while and not fret on it. I was on a plane the other day and I'm thinking, oh, my God, Southwest Airlines, you know, there's no food. Intermittent fasting. So for the four and a half hour flight, I didn't eat a meal. And now they're saying actually our digestion, our metabolism might improve with missing a meal now Mm -hmm. and then without fretting over it. So that being said, I think the body has a, I almost say have a zone. So uh, I like to weigh under 180. So if I'm 177, 176, 179, 181, 182, it's not a big deal. I haven't been 185 in probably 20 years. So I'd say to Fred, maybe just have a zone rather than have a single. Then the day-to-day worry about the up and down. Yeah. Ooch, would you do you eat like three meals a day and a couple of snacks? Do you no? No, not not anymore. I used to think you had to get food in every two or three hours. Now they're saying you think of our physiology, you know, you know, humanity has been on the planet for a hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, a million years. Um, they said the caveman and cavewoman did not eat three meals a day and two snacks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> our bodies are meant to go up to thirty days without food. Like we're designed to go up to thirty days without food. You know, I want to bring wow. up something that uh, I've had this discussion with Uchi before a long time ago, and we sort of touched on it briefly when you and I spoke last week. As I said, you know, like I'm at the lowest weight I've been since I since I've known Fred, like over 30 years. I haven't been in the 170s since, you know, in my 20s. But there was a moment a couple of weeks ago, you know, I've been going down, you know, 185 to 180. I was kind of cool. Then all of a sudden I got to 177. And I got a little bit, a bit freaked out. I thought, is like, what's wrong? <laughs> Something's wrong. Like, I've lost too much weight. And you always say, you know, yeah, you might feel like you're skinny compared to some of the dudes at the golf course. But compared to fit people, you just look normal now. Yeah. Is there something that, I don't know how to phrase this, where people are almost afraid of losing too much weight because they may not recognize their... And them, you know, it's like it's not who they think they are or what they look like. I don't know if I'm making that clear or not. It's, it's almost like an, an you could almost like I do it in other words. It's called the imposter syndrome. Okay. Like, um, you know, someone gets they buy a nice house and then the first weekend they're thinking, 
do I deserve it? Does this feel right? This is so unusual to have a house that's clean or, or if you have someone to come clean your house. I, I've always been the one cleaning my own house. It doesn't feel quite right. And if we stay there long enough, we'll do something to lose that new feeling that we had. So imposter syndrome, we start sabotaging and to go back to a thermostatic weight that you feel deserving of or your peer group. But if you had, you know, seven fit friends, male or female, and they would just say, they wouldn't even talk about you. They would say, they'll talk about other things. But when people are on their way down or trying to get fit, it's all they think about. Yeah. You know, I rarely think about fitness and nutrition. I just do certain things every day. Mm-hmm. I do certain things every day. It's, and that's, it's part of my mindset. But I do let myself off the hook without even thinking about it. Like, Ash, I'll go to the gym. Uh, Good Life is now closed, you know, during the pandemic. I used my home gym and it wasn't an hour. I did 20 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So that... And I felt like, did I feel like an imposter? Well, during the pandemic, though, I did gain some weight. Like, everyone gained some weight during that two-year hiatus from norm- normality. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I said immediately to someone, Ooch, you know, do you feel bad the aren't as in shape you were at the beginning? And I said, well, I don't know. I thought about it for a few minutes. And then I said, you know what? It's good to have a couple of, couple of years off. Like, I'm ready now to go hard again. If I wanted to get hard again, like that lean look. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't mind being a little bit fluffy. Like, it's easier to be a little bit fluffy then have this, you know, buns of steel, abs listing in the breeze look, yeah. which is like having a, a clean brand new car. It's hard to maintain. You know, that mortality thing, too, I've thought a lot lately. Well, since I hit my 60s, and especially since I hit 65, you know, for all those years in your 30s, even your 40s, maybe early 50s, you don't think about dying. You don't think that I could be reaching the, near, uh, the end of my life. You're in the back 40, the back nine, whatever. And I find more and more I'm thinking about that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be an old fat guy. And I think about that more and more. So it makes me think more and more about what I'm putting in my mouth or how much I'm drinking or my lifestyle. Because that used to be way back in in the back of my mind. Now it's like in the forefront because I see other guys in their mid-60s. I was down in Florida in February, and I I know it's guys my age, and I'm thinking they look uncomfortable constantly. I don't want to be that. So it's it's that whole sort of scared straight concept, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it also makes it like when you're on summer vacation as a student, you just get out of school. You don't think of Labor Day. Halfway through, you're thinking, hey, I'm halfway through. And the last week, you can't even enjoy the last week because you're thinking of, oh, my God, school in seven days. So I think in life, it's the same thing. I think um, when you're in the second half, if you become obsessed with as an end, you you can't even enjoy that second half. And some people actually become their best self in the second half. You know, they let go of worrying what people think. Um, They start doing what they really want to do. They let go of preconceived notions. So Mm -hmm. um, it's good to be reminded, but I wouldn't think about it every day because there's some really healthy people, 60s and 70s, like whether it's um, just, you know, whether I'm Helen Muran, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Rod Stewart's going on tour this week. Um, the Rolling Stones is going on tour again, and they're all over 75, and they look incredible. You know, and I'm not talking, oh, it's the aging tour. It'll be, it'll be like the kick butt tour. You know? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, and, and there's, a, there's a misconception, I think, and, and we've had this conversation, Freddie and I, about, you know, trying to maintain some strength because as you get older it's harder to you know but, but there's a this is an older book but you know there's a book about aging called uh, stronger next year or something like that which we've talked about this where yeah. the, the concept is you can actually gain strength as you age you just need to make sure that you don't let everything atrophy 
And again, I'm not talking about throwing around a lot of weight, but I, you know, I, I worked out last week quite a bit, and then I went to a class on Sunday. And I will tell you, I, I rarely said this. I said this to Rachel when we left the class. I said, you know, I feel like I'm in like the best shape I've been in in a long time. Like I got through the class. And I felt strong when it was over as opposed to that feeling of being a little bit weak. And that doesn't mean I'm not sore and I still doesn't, you know, I have a golf injuries. But it's like when you're stronger, it's almost like you're able to withstand the vagaries of aging that are all going to get to us. They're just easier to kind of, you know, I don't feel as bad. You know what I mean? No, the science behind it is called sarcopenia. Everyone has heard yeah, of that, osteoporosis. That stuff, sarco. Sarcopenia, <laughs> sarcom- sarcomere, muscle cells. Well, after 30, we lose about 1% of our muscle mass every year after 30 if you're not a regular exerciser or in particular do any, do any kind of resistance training. Right. So if you want to maintain that youth, um, they've actually shown you can actually epigenetically turn back on cells, which usually turn off at a certain age, simply by lifting weights, you know, pulling a lot, having a, 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 instead of an automatic start lawnmower, you pull it. Uh, about doing, building a little inconvenience in yourself, maybe moving your own couch around instead of asking someone to come over. So there's something to be said about, um, and again, epigenetics it's called. So, however, as the second half of life, people are technically weaker because most people are. However, but you've reached that top 5%. It's 5% that can enjoy a pain-free, fun, youthful back nine, as Fred said, if you maintain some muscle mass, mm-hmm. you can close your eyes. If you, if you close your eyes, you can actually both of you, if you want, you can just close your eyes. And if you don't have pain right now and you don't feel stiff anywhere, that's youth. That is, that's, that's what 15 year olds feel like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. most people have chronic pain. Yeah. It's <laughs> whenever I golf, I like to walk the course that often I think the people I'm golfing with probably think I'm just too cheap to rent a cart, but that's not it. I much prefer, <laughs> I much prefer to walk. And I'm thinking, and they think I'm I just too cheap to rent a cart. Yeah. That's what they're that's thinking. Part of me. I said, that's what they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go with that cheap bastard. No way. So cheap. Um, you wouldn't get a cart. Uh, listen, but I think it's great that you walk it. Uh, and I, mm. I wish more people would. Yeah. Hey, Ucham, the, uh, just to change a bit here, uh, weight ob- ties obesity to COVID. Can you address that? Because it's interesting how that keeps popping up. And it's like the elephant in the room, but nobody really wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't mind talking about it even more now. I, I was lecturing and doing some webinars uh, throughout the pandemic. But, uh, you know, everything was, you know, obviously the Health Canada and everyone was pushing the, the vaccine, which is fine. But I think if they talked about the finer tuning of the body, um, it was kind of like taboo to talk about the fact that simply sleeping more, you have a stronger immune system. So people who sleep seven to nine hours a night have a stronger immune system. That Neuroscientists have known that for decades. However, that wasn't really mentioned as part of the ad campaign and the push. They've actually, there's even studies done as far back as 20 years ago. And this is not with, with vaccines even, that if someone slept, you know, well, like someone slept anywhere from seven to nine hours a night, they had more natural killer cells. Natural killer cells are part of your white blood cells, which take the antibody and the virus out of your body. It's one thing collecting the garbage, like collecting the virus with, with, with the antibody under your sink. But your body now has to take it out of your body. Those are natural killer cells. Those are only made in your bone marrow. So um, we didn't talk enough about health and wellness during the pandemic other than the vaccines. I'm a, I'm a big, vac- you know, I'm saying vaccines are important. No, I understand. What you're, but uh, and I mean, maybe part of that is because at the time of the, cri- the first sort of mm-hmm. flashpoint of crisis, there was a lot of other stuff going on. But I mean, what you say makes so much sense because... 
you know, if you're a bit healthier and you're a bit better shape, of course, and you're sleeping better, obviously, of course, you're going to be able to fight off disease, you know, and, and again, as we age, our immunology starts to wane as well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so many ties into that. So they've actually shown that the heavier one is, the more body fat one has, the more chronic background levels of inflammation in the body. Anytime the body has a background level of inflammation, the immune system is always fighting its own fight. It's like the friendly fire of a war where people kill them, kill their own side because either they're tired or the body fat actually inflames the body. So that being said, um, having chronic stress or angst or anxiety, what happens is the body starts upping cortisol. The minute cortisol goes up, there's elevated, elevated levels of inflammation. The, where the body has the most cortisol receptors is right around the midsection. So if someone has chronic levels of angst and annoyance and frustration, they will have more likely to have a soft belly or a midsection or a large hmm. abdomen. So um, definitely. So being upset, angry, irritated all the time, someone will have a soft belly. Mm-hmm. Wow. And of course, that wow. psychology also leads to huh. a lot of storm eating and drinking to excess and trying to self-medicate. And, you know, like I'm just going to say personally, when I quit drinking in 2016, I weighed 30 pounds. 36 pounds more than I weigh now. I was sleeping terribly and I was very stressed out and, I, and it showed. I, I was just inflamed everywhere. And I'll tell you, the biggest improvement beside dropping all that weight is my sleep has never been better. It's so weird because they talk about as you age, your sleep can be interrupted. But I've never slept as well as I've slept the last six years. Yeah. And, and I just think about it. I was overweight and I was drinking so much alcohol that it was depressing me in so many ways, including wrecking the quality of my sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, sleep is massive. I think there's a book, there's a really good book, actually, I'm reading it. It's called Why We Sleep, Why We Sleep by a neuroscientist out of California. And he says, sleep is such so foundational, such a bedrock to overall health. Everyone assumes everyone knows about it. And just like earlier when I told Fred, uh, sleep scientists now shown we need 100 minutes a night of rapid eye movement sleep to process memory and emotion. So kids will often get 9, 10, 11, 12 hours. As people get older, due to many reasons, they start getting less. The sleep efficiency goes down. So memory gets worse and we, we fly off the handle easier. So w- when you sleep 8, 9, 10 hours a night, you process emotion more during rapid eye movement sleep. Your body also makes better growth hormone. We have more balanced neurotransmitters. You become more insulin sensitive. And this all happens unbeknownst to any food or drugs that we have because uh, the body naturally if, we, if you weren't a good sleeper none of us would even be alive right now but yeah. to be to get that top five percent though i'd say it'd be a good commitment to become a sleep master and get to that seven to nine hours which they say they, look, look at tom brady nine hours lebron james 10 hours matthew phelps 11 hours serena williams nine hours so there's something about elite performance, looking good and living your best life. You do need more sleep. And they're mm-hmm. saying, unless you have a certain gene called the BHLE41 gene, we need seven to nine. Well, listen, man, uh, it's, it's, it's been too long. And uh, we certainly will uh, round you up again uh, sooner than later. Dr. Uchi Odiatu. Uh, besides dentistry, he is so wise about so many things. Plus, he's rocking a new vibe, which I dig. How do uh, people get a hold of you if they you know, want to follow you on Twitter as I do, that type of thing? Where's the uh, best place to... Uh... Um, 
Instagram, I'm probably the most active. I know Instagram and Facebook are owned by the same people, but Instagram. So it's at Fit Speakers. So Fit Speakers. At I have no lock on you can follow me, but I post three, four times a day. Stories are there. Lots of science, lots of fun inspiration, lots of cr- really good direct messages. People ask me direct messages, which I answer myself because I, I love it. You know? Okay. Well, I know you love talking about this stuff and we love hearing about it. Thank you once again. Good seeing you, sir. Thanks, Uch. Good to have see you. Dr. Uchi Odiatu. Fred, you know who he is, don't you? He's yes, our, Howard. He's the Gig Sky uh, guest of the day. You are correct. And, of course, Gig Sky, available for download. Right now, you could do it. We uh, appreciate it if you would. Go to uh, gigsky.com. You can download the app. And, of course, enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Um, whether you're pulling up directions or you're uh, looking for the coolest restaurant, doesn't matter. The easiest, most affordable, and convenient way to stay connected internationally in over 190 countries. It's good for Android or iOS, and uh, it's easy to get your phone's uh, eSIM. You don't have that. You can always get the hot spot. Download the app today. Enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan at gigsky.com. Hey, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yeah, if you have a small business, uh, benefits package is it's doable. It's attainable. It's affordable. Uh, take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Get a free quote. Look at all the testimonials there. Other small businesses, their names right there. They'll uh, explain how it's worked for them and what it means to their employees. I mean, it's uplifting. Really, it is. Having that security at work, it's uplifting. Uh, whether it's prescription, dental, they have the teledoc system. Hey, there's travel insurance that's exceptional. Believe me. All sorts of therapies you can buy in at certain levels. And I'll tell you, they've done a great job of keeping the premiums under control over the past few years, which is very uh, important to small business. You know, you're riding that uh, fine margin. Chamberplan.ca. Give it a chance. Uh, give it a look today. Chamberplan.ca. We're just waiting for uh, another guest to uh, come in here. Yeah, the um, I, I don't know. Like I, I you know, golf season is going to start here. The courses are going to start opening up. There's a, you said there's a bunch of public courses. Don Valley, I think somebody told me is open. Bunch of courses in the uh, GTA have finally started to you know uh, get golfers back on courses. Most of the major courses will open in the next couple of weeks. And I just you know I. I I know myself, I won't work out as much because I get pretty tired out from, you know, playing that much golf. And I just wanted to see, I want to keep some of the fitness that I'm doing in my schedule because it's just, I don't want to let it go because I've really enjoyed it. And I don't work out that hard. I just, I just, this is the most regular I've been for a long time and I just feel stronger. You know, it's like I say, you still have aches and pains, but as you get a little fitter, I'm able to. I don't know. I feel like I carry myself a little differently, and I don't know. I just don't want it to go away. To your point that it's, you know, it's very, you know, in the wintertime, I got nothing else to do, so I'm doing it. But as soon as summer comes, and then, I'm, okay, well, then it's just, maybe I should just eat more, <laughs> you know. And it's not like I want to go back to 190. I don't really care, but I'd like to stay at this weight. 
Mm-hmm. Well, part of my situation is I'm 65 and I don't hurt or ache anywhere. Good for you. I just don't. And sometimes I think, you know, if I get into this, am I going to hurt myself? Like, yeah. why am I? Why am I screwing with? You know, I'm not horribly overweight, but I just feel I don't hurt. Like I can go golf and walk 18 holes, and I I don't finish going. This hurts, that hurts. I never have that. Good for you. And I'm so afraid of injuring myself. Hey, by the way, I did. Which I I've did, done before. I didn't mean to undercut you there in your weight loss. I just didn't know how much you would, what your total was. So you started at what? 186, and you're in the uh, low 170s now. Yeah. And what well, was your was goal one, weight? I was 172 something yesterday. And Before the Thai food. Yeah. Mm. My goal is 170. And uh, so you're, uh, wow, 14 pounds. That's great, man. No, what I would like to do, though, is get to 167 and have 167 to 170 as my playground. As your playground, like Gooch, yes. Like Gooch just said. Yeah. Well, your zone. My zone. Your zone. Well, that's where I'm at now. Like, if I can stay around 180 the way that I stayed around 190 for four or five years, you know, that's a big difference. You know, I didn't realize, you know, I I didn't, when I started this, I wasn't going to lose more than four or five pounds. I was like, okay, I'm 192, I'll go to 185 and see how that feels. But um, there's something about getting older, I don't say for men, I I just don't want to, I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be fat for a lot of reasons, but I just don't think it's it's not good for you. In, excuse me, it's not good for you internally. I know visually it's better, but also internally, I think it does something to your organs. It's not good. Do we have that copy? Remember the? I forget. Um, back in the nineties, remember that commercial Jamie used to end with I don't want to be a fat guy yeah, don't want to be family more. don't want to be a fat guy it was for a fitness company that was so sticky such a oh yeah such a uh, you know who'll know Boone will know who that was for it was for a don't want a gym fat. or something yeah 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 but anyway yeah that's uh, you know you know, here here's the thing too. With maybe this is connected to Noom, and or it's connected when you start losing some weight and feel a sense of accomplishment. It's Tuesday, and I'm thinking ahead to Saturday. I'm going out to a ball game with a couple of guys, and the plan is meet at his house, maybe have a beer, go to the game, and then after go for dinner. And I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to derail myself now because I'm going for dinner, like. I'm already thinking on Saturday, what are my options for eating so I'm not horribly discouraged on Sunday when I get on the, the scale? And, and you know what? That's no way to live. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we spoke to Ooch today for, for that reason, because it, that, now it, it's just silly. Yeah, I get why you'd say that. Uh but I also think that it shows that you're at least it's what I said to him and we we're talking about it with Dan like mm-hmm. the secret to this is just to be accountable to yourself mm-hmm. and so yeah sure it's Tuesday and maybe it's a bit obsessive to think about that but you know what why it better to think that than to just go ah screw it mm-hmm. I'll just have fries for every meal well I was talking to our good buddy Darren yesterday who's done a fabulous job of losing weight and keeping it off. He's like 5 to 6 years now. Good for like him. With no fluctuations. And he was just talking about that how like, you know, he plans like 3 and 4 days ahead. Yep. 
because he's got to if he wants to keep the weight off. So, so well, it's it's a job, man. But I'm I I'm congr- I think it's good. I was going to say congratulations. I think it's good for you to do that because at least you're aware. Like, okay, I could have a, a good breakfast, but not many calories. A decent lunch again, keep it down, and then you've yeah. got all these calories to spend. The one thing about Noom that I did start to get onto really early is if I knew I wanted to have a night out or go to your place for dinner, then I would make sure that I I, I allowed for it breakfast lunch. And I'd make sure I did a little bit of exercise. You walk for yeah. an hour, you burn a couple hundred calories, you get those calories back. Um, let's just uh, switch gears here and say hi to our our guest, Sarah. Can you hear us? I can. I know we sound like old people. Is the Zoom meeting working, Sarah? Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, we're great. I'm Howard. That's Fred. This is Sarah. Uh, Cooner. Hi, Sarah. I just want to make sure I get everything right. This is very interesting, this conversation we're about to have. Sarah's the president and founder of Platform Media and Management, Canada's leading influencer talent agency. Yes. This is so ironic because until last night at around 6 p.m., I didn't even know that... Uh, that influencers had a talent management and as soon as i heard it i went well of course they would (laughs) freddie did i not tell you about this the story this morning i said i found out yesterday that all these people that are doing online influencing have somebody and it turns out you're that person (laughs) well isn't that something isn't it, it crazy? Is. You know, the internet technology, social media, how it's created all these new industries. And this is an example. Um, Platform is uh, Canada's top creator talent across uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Platform's team helps to broker partnerships on behalf of the creators with the world's leading brands. Yes. Uh, just, I know there's a bunch of questions we're going to ask you. But I'm just curious, <laughs> for older people... Mm-hmm. For the people like myself and Freddie, just give us a little bit of what this is. What what are we talking about? What kind of what is? I know we see ads on on social media, but yeah. explain to us your job, and then we'll talk about how GoDaddy has helped you empower yourself as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So, I mean, where has our focus all been the last couple of years? Like our phones and social media, right? So advertisers are really smart. They know where you're looking and they want to be there. (laughs) And so they know that when someone's watching a video a million times or that influencer has a million followers, that they have your attention. And so they want to get involved with that person to help spread the word about their product. And essentially, we help connect those two people, make sure that it's a really authentic fit, that they're working with a creator who has an audience that they want to reach and we broker that partnership make sure that it's a meaningful one that it's very authentic we protect the influencer so making sure they're not being taken advantage of they have their protections same on the advertiser side that there's transparency that the you know the viewers know it's an ad and so we just basically standardize that whole process and uh, and make it streamlined So, I mean, we have a long history in radio, Howard and I, and there was a thing called a rate card, and that's to make sure people are paying for what they get. So that's Mm -hmm. basically what you do for these people. Yeah, exactly. We create rate cards, we create a standardized contract with all the protections in place, and then we go out there and we pitch the brands. We pitch Mm -hmm. them really authentic, cool creators that are that are very informative, entertaining, um, trustworthy. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask a couple of questions because I was just looking like, okay, you know, Fred and I, we sort of missed our height of radio, you know, notoriety 
predated. I mean, we were still we were doing blogs. So mm-hmm. our, our social media following, if we were still at the edge, say, would be much bigger or different than, you know, we started this podcast 10 years ago, which is like 100 years in podcasts. You know. <laughs> but uh, our, my point is we have 22. Th- I know you're going to laugh, but we're old. We have 22,000 Twitter followers. And before you before you mock us, how many would we? No, no. But I know it seems low. How many would we have to have like before someone like you would look at us? Honestly, twenty two thousand is a great number, especially in Canada. If that is a targeted Canadian audience, that's a lot of people that can buy a product. So for us, our minimum is twenty thousand, and we have up to people with four to five million followers. Okay, you're hired. You're hired. Okay, you're you're in, Sarah. (laughs) You know, all of a sudden, it'll be like, <laughs> we'll be like marketing all sorts of old people products. Are you having trouble with your constitution? I'll do some, I'll, I'll do some dancing on TikTok. That's what I'll do. That's right. <laughs> with his little funny arms. You and I will do TikTok go dancing. Viral. That would 100% go viral. Honestly, you know, that. so we have 22,000 uh, Twitter followers. I don't even, I mean, we don't really do much Instagram. So when you, I, I want to, were you an influencer yourself to start with? Sarah? So no, I was, I was a magazine editor. So I started my career really early at 19 as a magazine editor, and I became fascinated with the advertising part of it. But I realized that most of us just kind of skip through the ad um, when we're flipping through a magazine. We don't really spend a lot of time on it. And you want to read the articles, you want to hear the reviews on the product. So I started working with our advertisers on creating more branded content. Mm-hmm. So taking their product and incorporating it into the content itself. When influencers started to blow up, that's what they were we're doing too. So I figured I had built a lot of relationships with the brands, a lot of relationships with content creators, and there was some, there needed to be someone to kind of bridge them together. And so on my 30th birthday, six years ago, I started platform. Wow. <laughs> and it's been uh, quite successful. Like you've got a team working with you now. Yeah. So we actually just uh, added our 12th team member and we what? represent over 50, uh, 50 talent across Canada. Wow. Now, obviously, you're here and we got to meet you through GoDaddy. And, you know, we've been such fans of, uh, of GoDaddy. Not, this isn't the first time around with us. We, we've been in a relationship with them over the years. How has that partnership worked with you? And talk a little bit about how they power your business. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing we did was like we found a name and then we registered a domain. We built a website when we started platform and I started with a co-founder. We had to wear many hats. Like when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out with just a laptop and, you know, barely any money in your bank account, you have to do everything. We didn't have money to pay a designer to build a fancy website, but we built something really beautiful using GoDaddy's tools. And that was like our first impression when we reached out to brands or creators and we wanted to look really professional. So having, you know, our domain match our email address, making sure that our website was working, had everything that we could do on it. Um, And we did that in a day. It was really inexpensive, really easy to do. And, you know, we already were a bit um, savvy from working in digital and magazines for a while. So we sort of knew what would look good um, and it helped us. So I think for founders, for new entrepreneurs, it makes sense. And I mean, the pandemic has started a whole new, you know, (laughs) um, generation of entrepreneurs, people working from home, starting their own businesses. And it's just so easy to like build a website and 
especially with the pandemic and everyone shifting online, you know, most people find us by Googling us now. It's not like we're going into offices and pitching. We can't do that. Um, so people are like, how do I hire Canadian influencers mm-hmm. <laughs> and they find us? But I, I want to say what a uh, what an endorsement for GoDaddy, somebody who's in the industry that is in the world of digital marketing goes to GoDaddy for help with their website. I think that speaks volumes. And yeah. you mentioned, especially for someone like you that already had a background in what is supposed to look good online. Freddie? Yeah, and no, on ground floor, um, to get you going and the support from GoDaddy is exceptional as well. Uh, absolutely. There were times like when I was much younger, I used to build my own websites all the time. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Then I started this business. I did all sorts of other things. And then I went back to building my website again. We did a redesign just last year. So uh, it was five years in after we had built our initial website. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sitting there. And so I got on the phone with GoDaddy and they like walked me through because I was trying to set up a shop. We wanted to do an online workshop. I had no idea what I was doing. And they were so helpful. And like within an hour, I was up and running. Amazing. Uh, We talk about GoDaddy's 24-7 phone support. It's free. You can get a a website started for free. No credit cards required. GoDaddy.ca is where you go to learn more. And just one more question on influencers. I know you say, and that's very nice, 20,000 is, you know, notable, sizable. What? But say a Canadian influencer, someone that would be so cream of the crop, what type of a following would someone have? You know, following, I think, initially was the big indicator. But for us in the industry now, it's what we call an engagement rate. So it's like how many views they get per post, how much engagement they get. Because I think early on, a lot of the early influencers just got a ton of followers. Someone can go viral and get a ton of followers. But if they're maintaining engagement on a day-to-day basis and people are really interested, it's not just one post did really well. Um, I think that's where we see value. That's where the industry really sees value. So if someone with 20,000 followers is getting, you know, 10,000 views on every video, someone with 100,000 followers could be getting 2,000 views on each video. So it's Mm -hmm. not really about the followers anymore, but about how you keep people engaged. You know, it's interesting you say that, and I don't want to get into the politics of this, but there's somebody running for... the Senate in the States, a very famous quack doctor from TV. Figure out who that is. But he's got like three million, Mehmet Oz, got like three million followers on one of his social platforms. But some of the knocks against him is that his engagement is so low that it must be fake. My point is, we're all too savvy now to be taken in. I mean, anyone can look at somebody, if they have 3 million followers and they put up a post and only 17 people respond, well, there's some disconnect to your point that it's more about the engagement Mm -hmm. than the actual overall, like, I've got so many people that follow me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's a lot of auditing platforms that we use to we pay for one and where we can see who has fake followers. So that makes sure that we're auditing people before our advertisers pay to work with them. Isn't that interesting? Well, I can tell you, like I said, I wasn't until around 6 p.m. last <laughs> night. And I, uh, I'm going to do this. I've sent you a message in the private chat. I've just sent it to you now. You can go, just go quickly look. That's somebody I know's Instagram account. And I said to Fred, I said, I just found out last night that they have now been approached by a talent management. I said, I didn't even realize that was a thing. And here you are. 
I wish I could get my dog up here right now because my dog's also an influencer and has been an ad. So this do you is really, a do you big re- thing. And do let you me rec- tell you, as a dog lover, I want a dog roster. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, go and look at that account. First of all, it's look amazing. at the number. And that, that person is somebody very close to me. Anyway, that dog has, uh, that, that account's been around just for a couple of years. And uh, its engagement is pretty high. Well, tell them to call me. I'm interested. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You're, you're like one day too late because they, they, <laughs> they just got signed. But have a look at it. It's very interesting. GoDaddy empowers everyday entrepreneurs like our guest today, Sarah Cooner. She's the president of Platform Media and Management. And I can tell you it is something that uh, makes so much sense, not only what you do, but how GoDaddy has helped someone like you. And as I said earlier, what a great endorsement. Because if someone like you is using them, then people who aren't in the business, can. it's even more of an endorsement. If you need help, you need assistance, this is the place to go. Any last thoughts on what you might want to tell entrepreneurs about growing their business? Um, it definitely has some thick skin in today's day and age. But I always say, look for where there's a problem that you can fix. And for me, it was about, you know, giving these influencers protection. They were, it was a business that was booming, that was growing, and there was very little standardization. So I saw a problem I needed to fix. And uh, and it was very little overhead. I just needed, like I said, a GoDaddy website and my laptop, and I was off to the races. So that's sort of the perfect uh, mix of things. But definitely thick skin, forward thinking, and having your ducks in a row. Well, what a well, you're a very impressive human being that you are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love the fact that uh, Sarah's like, oh, yeah, you know, when I was younger, th- six years ago. Yeah. Do you understand? I realize I look yeah. a little bit younger than no, I, I Well, you also, you also understand that the two gentlemen that you're speaking to, yeah. we're 178,000 years. We, I, we're so old, we don't even know how old we are. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what a pleasure. And uh, go check out, uh, that's my grandbaby. That dog is my grand dog. Oh, I love baby. <laughs> anyway, nice spot. Nice speaking to you. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you very much. Very interesting stuff. Sarah Cooner. Yeah, man. Take care. You just let yourself out. We'll just keep talking about you when you're done. Take care. See the parallels there. I mean, like radio, I brought up the rate card, and obviously they would have a rate card, but that whole engagement thing, it's like... uh, it's like cum and share yep. in radio, right? Well, yeah. A radio station can have a lot of listeners, but they don't listen very long, so they aren't as attractive as those who have more engagement with their radio station. You know, it's so true. There are there are accounts I follow in the golf world, because that's really the most activity I do in a day on any social platform is always to do with golf. I know, what a, you know, big surprise. But I see there are people with, you know, say... 10,000 followers that get so many, so much, you know, right action. Enga- action on anything they post because they engage right. so well. And then I'll see others, as I say, Mehmet Oz is a great example of millions of followers and zero engagement. So you sort of already well, you think that must be fake. But that's a great point you make about cume conversion to core, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, time spent listening in radio. We had a smaller audience, but they spent more time listening to us mm-hmm. than, say, you know, one of the more popular radio stations. Right? Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, a guy like Oz, and I mean, let's be honest, you can go out and purchase oh, yeah. numbers. You can purchase numbers, but they are exposed through engagement. Well, you know, as you say, mm-hmm. let's be. Can we be real with the people? We did it when we first started. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we purchased them or we we found some. Yeah, we did. Did we purchase? We actually paid for it because mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we want to get our name out there, and we also want to show advertisers that we have some presence. 
So this was early on. This is like 10 years ago. Nine years ago, we started padding our Twitter followers. And at one point, we had over 100,000 followers. And <laughs> funny thing was, <laughs> scrolling through them. I know. Oh, look it. We have a <laughs> so, oh, oh look it we have a we have a fa- oh we have a fan in South Vietnam there's right. another one in there's another one in Senegal no, oh, Lat- look it Latvia oh, look loves it. humble and friends <laughs> there's our Syria our Syrian listener oh that's uh, true yeah we had Syria we had Latvia we had all it kinds was crazy and 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 it was but it was early days you know people weren't maybe as savvy as they are now and oh, so that's we what would you did but we would post something it would get like thirty likes. With 100,000 followers, something was wrong. Yeah. Um, And so we got rid of that. And that 22,000 number is our number. Now, you know, I don't know if that seems like a lot or a little. Like, I look at some of the accounts of, you know, people that come on the show. Darren Dreger, Duffy, those guys. You know, they got like a million plus. But they've got TV fame. And, you know. But, Howard, their whole thing is is daily engagement. Minute, hour-to-hour engagement with people. You know, I mean, that's their thing. They're in the th- the reason they get that is they're constantly tweeting rumors and potential um, activity. True. Sport. But they're yeah. also on TSN and, you know, and, and Sportsnet and, you know, they're, right. they're they've got television and same with some of the radio guys. I promise you, if we were still on the edge you know, at the beginning of social media, we'd have hundreds of thousands because we, excuse me, we'd be able to, you know, it, was, it would be part of our thing to promote our social media. We just, we just missed that wave. Like I was at Boom. No, I was at Easy Rock when I established my first Facebook account. That was 2008. But I didn't really do much of that stuff. I didn't engage very much. And, and you know, you had a blog, but you weren't really... Well, maybe you were for a while there on Facebook, but not like these guys are. Not like you're describing. Oh, no, yeah. Back in, like, 2006, 2007, when I was doing my blog, like, you know, I was throwing a lot of time into it. Yeah, you backed it up with Facebook and, and Twitter. Every time you wrote a blog thing, you put on Facebook yeah. that it was now available with a link. And so they all work together uh, every yeah. time. Dan Duran, are you very, um, I don't. I know you put out a picture, or you used to at least put out a picture of Colton's Friday doodles or pictures that Colton. But do you engage much on social media? Not a whole lot. I've I've been told I should engage a little bit more than I do. Yeah, but you know it's it's hard to care sometimes, right? Do you do you still put up the Friday doodle? Yeah, I, I, I would if uh, right now Colton's kind of little. He's concentrating on other things, so. Mm. Get him to crank something out for for his Friday duel has been a little bit of a challenge the last little while, but we're uh, I want to get him back into it. But yeah, I, that's about it. I just don't you know push a lot of stuff out there just because uh, you know it's work. Well, you, you, you're too busy trying to figure out how to scale. Scale. I was going to say that he's got his head uh-huh. in the clay right now. He's working on trying to figure out how scales work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any yeah. luck in the uh, scale? Uh, did you get any anything? I didn't, out? I didn't work on it. Yeah, but, Jesus yeah. Christ! By the time you get on Noom, you'll gain fifteen more pounds. <laughs> you know what? It may be the scale's broken. Uh-huh. I don't know. I have, I, sure. have to, I have to do a deep dive into the instruction what are the chances? and whatever. Yeah, I, I listen. I was at a place called TJ Maxx in yeah. California. It's just a little department store. Mm-hmm. Have everything there. I went in for twelve dollars. I bought a scale. 
I took it home. I put it on the ground. I stepped on it, and the numbers told me how much I weighed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was just very simple. I should I go there. Imagine that. You, you're, you're, you have so much. You know, you have you have so much luck, Howard. Well, yeah, everything. I guess my I was yeah. very lucky that my scale yeah, was you, working. Yeah. yeah. You're horseshoes up your ass when it comes to that kind of thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is a weird way of describing how low that guy's so lucky. He's got horseshoes up his ass. I don't know if that's that lucky. That doesn't seem lucky. <laughs> seems unlucky to me. Sense. Where did that come from? I know. Where did that come from? Because if you've got horseshoes up your ass, chances are they didn't get there by mistake. Um, is there right. anything lucky about a horseshoe? Is there? Is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, is it? Well, about, I mean, they, other than the fact it's always been connected with good luck for whatever reason. Because people hang horseshoes over their, you know, the doorway or something. Listen, like that. you know, they got that guy in a cross for luck. I don't know what. What else? Yeah, you know, they hang him up all over the place. Does that seem like something you want? Hey, there's a guy that got crucified. Let's leave him around here. You know, if that was anyone else but Jesus, you wouldn't want that hanging around your home. Just random crucified guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, yeah. All the other people that got crucified. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. A lot of other you people know, got crucified, Dan. Is that Jesus? No, that's... Oh, no, that's just that's Buddy. Br- that's Bruce. That's, that's my Brutus. uncle. <laughs> that's right. Is that, a, is that Jesus over your mantle? No, no, that's Uncle Dan. He got crucified. Uh, yeah. A long time ago. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about yeah. his crucifixion. But uh, this other guy we love. We love that guy. Hey, yeah. you mentioned... Uh, uh, Dr. Oz, eh? That's a weird situation. Oh, yeah. Because Dr. Oz, there was a time where he was pretty respected. He did that show, and there was a lot of good information on there about health and, and mental issues and stuff. And for him now to become part of the whack job brigade is just weird. I I, I couldn't... I don't know. I read about uh, something recently. I, was, I follow him on Twitter. I just don't understand. First of all, he lives in New Jersey. He's running for pencil, the Senate in Pennsylvania. And I thought to myself, what does he need this for? He's worth multiples of millions. He's been, he's been peddling this hackery for a long time. You tell me what he needs to be a senator for in a different state. What's that for? I think he's just bought into the we got to preserve white America. I yeah. just I what else could it be Howard for everything you said these guys are so afraid of losing grip on America the way they think it should be and that's got an evil backbone what else could it be I don't he's, know man yeah like he's yeah he's one of those paranoid let's keep America the way it is guys because you want to talk about a pivot Dr. Oz here Dr. Mehmet Oz, like, yeah, I guess that's it. You know, I asked the question almost rhetorically, but now if you go to his social feed, it's just, it's just all that right-wing nonsense. But I will say this, you know, he's got uh, how many followers? 3.8 million followers. And like, there's a post he put up uh, yesterday at some time. It's got 132 likes and 2,000 comments. And I'm just telling you, from being a little more active than you, that doesn't add up. There's no way. Go ahead. If he's got that many likes and all those comments, most of those comments are multiple comments from one person. No. And I was going to say, I follow him enough to know that most of the comments are negative toward him. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. In fact, Dan, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all the right wing nut factory 
if you go to their feeds, the comments are always highly weighted negatively. Go to Jim Jordan's. I don't know oh, how I know. he leaves them up. <laughs> no, I know. I'd say 95% of them are, hey, Jim, G, uh, G-Y-M. G-Y-M, yeah. And accusing him of, um, you know, enabling pedophilia. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's a Mehmet uh, uh, Oz post from April 3rd, a couple days ago. Again, 3.8 million followers. He's, he's Twitter certified. And there's 89 likes and 93 comments. So he's got a lot of people from Latvia and Syria in his in his Twitter following. Right. Hey, do you ever and bef- just quickly before we get to Dan, I you know I often think about that when I see like the Jim Jordan feed, and he makes you know he, he's got a lot of balls for a guy that should be embarrassed, yeah. should be ashamed of himself. He's got a lot of balls to comment on other people, but I often think. You know, he'll make some declaration on there, like Mr. Know-it-all, and I've never done anything wrong, and like what happened at Ohio State didn't happen. And then all those negative comments, like in the strategy, in Jim Jordan's strategy of running his office, don't they think of that or think they should dump those or do they ignore them? Or is that, that I don't understand why they leave that stuff up there because it's overwhelmingly negative against him. Do they think people just don't look at the comments or? Well, I'd ask the same question about those people I mentioned and Don Jr. Like Donald Trump Jr. Whenever he posts anything, again, talk about fucking balls. I could read you some of the stuff he's written. Uh, what, What a great president his father was and it just it's like this mm-hmm. attack of the you look at the comments again to the point why would he leave them up there because it's overwhelmingly mm-hmm. chirping and negative and memes yeah. or memes or and uh maybe they think we can't keep up with it so piss on it <laughs> maybe uh dan duran are you uh, ready for uh you emotionally ready for the news and i believe you're going to be telling us a thing or two about twitter is that right yeah, we're talking Twitter, talking um, Musk. Yeah. Well, let's get her started. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Anduran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside With Humble and Fred News Today brought to you by HealthGage Go to HealthGage.com Order the Humble and Fred uh, Phoenix That's what we're calling it (laughs) Order (laughs) Sorry it's not called Humble and Bread Phoenix. It's called, <laughs> it's, uh, go get it and use the promo code HumbleFredHG for 15% off checkout. It's just simply known as the Phoenix. But uh, anyway, HumbleFredHG okay. for 15% off for the wonder that is the Health Gauge Phoenix. And now, speaking of wonder, okay. where's a Dandarat? Dandarat. It's, it's, t- it's enough, enough with Musk. Okay, he's the richest man in the world, unless you count Putin, which means he has outsized wealth and influence. He has all the money. So let's review. Tesla, it's uh, some good stuff there. Good for the environment as we move away from carbon-based fuels. There's SpaceX. Lots of rockets, though, have uh, as much impact on the environment as a small country with all the rockets flying around these days. And those rockets are launching Internet satellites into orbit. 
which is a good thing for some. But there's, you know, there's like currently 1,800 functioning Starlight, uh, Starlink satellites, and they're planning on putting up 30,000 in all. And what are they and, for? Uh, what are they satellites for? They're for uh, Internet. Oh. Hmm. Wow. And uh, there's already, I, I've seen some images of... Uh, Astronomers who do long exposure uh, of the sky, long photographic exposures of the sky, and these satellites are now interfering with with the star field because there's so many of them already. With another, you know, how do they not just bang into each other up there? That's what I'm curious about. Well, actually, that's another thing. That's uh, there's some uh, the close calls that they've had. I think there's been two in the last year, and they've been Starlink uh, related uh, satellites. But are so they just, are they just in, are there like are they just at different? I mean, there's so many of them. Right. They can't, like, uh, how do they, I mean, what is it called? A geosynchronous? Well, some are geosynchronous. Synchronous. Geosynchronous orbit. <clears throat> orbit. So they stay, basically, they, uh, they stay right above the planet, the uh, position on the planet as the planet rotates, right? Okay. And there's others that, that circum uh, Or just whipping around the, up the, there. The poles, and they're all in, in different directions. Yeah. And there's the, there's the uh, GPS satellites that are up there. So how are uh, they not just banging into one another all day long? Well, space is pretty big. Oh, okay. But, but I mean, there's it's getting smaller and smaller with all and the, the stuff that they're tracking. It's it's astonishing if you ever see a a, a graphic or an image of all the uh, the things that are floating around the planet. It's it's pretty you know something that really needs to be paid attention to. And you know, it's a, and you can you can in the middle of summer in the country you can look up and see satellites tracking across the, mm-hmm. uh, the sky all the time. Oh, I love sitting by the fire at night, and then all of a sudden. Somebody will go, oh, look, a satellite. And you just watch it go across the black sky. And you just, your mind just, you know, <laughs> your mind just goes everywhere thinking, where is it? How far away is it? Who is it? What is it? What country? What? Oh, it's fascinating. It's interesting it. coming from a guy who can't, can't stand space stuff. Who? Well, you you don't like you can't you don't like uh, funding all the all the money that's going into space travel. You're you're you object to it, right? Yeah, on some level, sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. On space talk, by the way, they they're, they're but that doesn't mean my mind doesn't you wander. Can't be fascinated by it. You know, I, I tell you what it is for me. Not so much satellites. I'm like that when I just see a lone passenger plane in the evening, like in the sky off someplace, yeah. and I think to myself, "There's a bunch of people on that tube in the sky right now." On their way somewhere, they Howard, had to get, I do the same thing. They had yeah. to get ready. They went to the airport, and now they're on. Are there, are there people there on a once in a lifetime trip? Are there people going to reunite with loved ones? Is someone on that plane going to someone's funeral? Is someone anyway? Now broke? Elon is going to pressure. <laughs> but I, I like I like the story. And I want to muse. They had to get ready, and then what? Walk out the front door, and then get yeah, in their car. That's what they had to do. They had to, to get ready. Maybe, maybe take a taxi, yeah. Howard, or an mm-hmm. Uber. Yes. Did they have a snack at the airport? I wonder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they buy a, a, a fifteen dollar beer at the, okay. At the airport? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Dan. If you think that's tedious, here's a little. Okay. Vid- if you think that's tedious, here's a little video I found just for you. Gales in almost every facet of life. From purchasing goods to industrial manufacturing and everything in between. This is a video called How Does Scales Work? How Does Scale Actually Work? (laughs) Almost all scales rely on devices called load cells to physically measure how much an object weighs. 
when weight is applied to a scale. I know what Dan's thinking. How did that guy get the gig voicing this thing? I could do a better job. Yes, you can. For years, Delise wanted us to get for our bathroom one of those scales that where you actually move, you know, like they have in gyms and stuff where you move the thing across. Yes, like a industrial. Like a medical doctor has the actual weight thing. And I resisted, but then for years I looked for them and they were crazy expensive and then I was trying to maybe get a used one and then she stopped talking about it which mm. was good <laughs> she just forgot mm-hmm. although that, I know the scale you mean we used to have one at yeah. the gym there but uh, yeah I don't know if I, if I walked into someone's home and saw that level of you know it seems a, a bit much well to her it's look and cool and oh it's like the vibe different and yeah Hey, well, it's uh, retro now, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I uh, found a uh, another video. I thought you might enjoy. Have a listen. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. My penis was in the um, Guinness Book of World Records, but then the librarian asked me to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Dan? He's saying my penis was in the Guinness Book of World Records, but then the librarian told me to take it out. <laughs> That's a little cheesy joke I thought you that's guys would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Add to, hey, to Fred's you, dad joke collection. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, eight, it's just a eight. dad joke. I think you'd enjoy it. By the way, Mehmet Oz net worth $100 million. He's worth $100 million. You, Go ahead. Did you see the email from uh, Gord? No. He, he found the link of I don't want to be a fat guy. Oh, nice. Hang on. Here we go. I believe. Uh, let's have a listen. This is from our buddy Gord. Uh, don't. Honey, could you get the lights for me? Honey, you forgot to close the garage door. <laughs> Honey, the dog. I don't think this is it. Oh. There we go. Shape dude. Look at me, I'm a pear. Don't be a fat guy. Yeah, that's uh pre- that's our friend Jamie. And they uh it was for Premier Fitness. That was a spot that ran on the edge for years. You might want to just take that little piece there and keep it. Yep. And yeah, I can uh, edit fall that. off the weight wagon, we can play that. No, for sure. I can do that. Thanks, Gord. Appreciate you. Anyway, Elon Musk yes. uh, just bought some uh, bit of Twitter. He yes. bought 9.2% of Twitter. which For is $3 the billion, dollars, by the way. He is uh, the largest shareholder, even more than uh, the founder, Jack uh, Dorsey. Uh, Dorsey's so only got less, he's got less than 3% of the company. Yeah, 2.25%. Yeah. And uh, it, it, upon the announcement of the 9.2% share that he owns, the that juiced the share price by 27%. So mm-hmm. he made, you know, whatever billion, just, you know, he just coughs and he makes money. Um, and, uh, you know, but he's, but I guess part of it, like, he has all the money. So why does he really want Twitter? There's some, there's some people out there with some theories. And one of them is that uh, it's possible because he makes a lot of, uh, the exposure that he gives his companies through Twitter is is substantial. So mm-hmm. he's been a little bit worried that he might get canceled off the platform. He has a Twitter sitter since uh, he 
uh, was accused of juicing his, his share prices, I think, in 2018 or something. There was a big Security and Exchange Commission deal with whatever he did back then. And so he's got to be careful, and it probably irritates the hell out of a guy who's, you know, the richest man in the world. Uh, so that's maybe one of the things. He's also been appointed, appointed to the board of directors as of uh, yesterday or today, I think. So, from no. what yeah, I read, though, he's not going to have a he's not going to have a working influence on it. I don't yeah. think. Well, he couldn't. I mean, he, at nine percent, he can't really influence it, can he? Well, he's uh, on the board of directors. He's on the board. Yeah, I mean, he could, but he's not going to be involved in day to day operations. From what I read. Well, probably not, but he could have a, you know, a phone call to somebody and say, hey. Hey, try not yeah. to cancel me for some of my kooky. Yeah. He's now known, there, there's three, I don't know how many there are, but uh, there's an, a phrase I read this morning. It's centi-billionaire. That's somebody worth $100 billion. And either he just became one or is one of the well, people on the planet. He's twenty two hundred and twelve. Billion, oh, he's two twelve. Oh, so he's a double centi billionaire. That's a lot of dollars and centies. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. there's also a no, call no, for it is. It's good. <laughs> Sorry. Oh fuck. There's also a call for conservatives <laughs> now asking for Trump to be returned to the platform, and that you know because oh, he's, he's got oh good yeah. yeah. Well, Trump can go fuck his own head. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to go. I think All we've right. done enough. Dan, great job. Don't go away. Uh, Freddie, is there anything more that we uh, need to acknowledge on this program? The retirement Sherpa. Well, hold on a second there, fella. Now, the Sherps, by the way, will not be with us tomorrow. Oh. He's uh, on the... I, I got a text from him. He's doing something else. And I told him not to uh, sweat it. And so... So he'll be uh, a, hanging out. He's a wonderful man. Yes. He really is. Tim is a portfolio. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. If you have an existing portfolio, you want someone to have a second look at it, and this often happens. People think, you know, this thing's not performing like my buddy Ned's. Why is it? Why am I not getting the performance? Well, have Sherp have a look at it. Have a look at it, and he'll tell you pretty uh, quickly. Uh, you know, the long and the short of it. You can decide, hey, go over to his team, or he might tell you that everything's okay. Uh, really, he's straight up the middle. He'll give you the uh, he'll give you the honest goods. He's the retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah, I was just looking here to see what he was up to. Uh, it, he's it's not he's not doing some something with the grandkid. He's doing something else tomorrow. Anyway, we'll be happy to deliver his message for us. Um. One of my buddies sent me, uh, I'm not even sure what you call these. It's not a meme. It's just a screen cap. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a picture of a guy. Um, it's an I, I can't show it to you guys, but it's basically a picture. And it's the caption says, he was born to be a gynecologist. And then you look down and it's a picture. And the guy's name is Howie Feltersnatch. <laughs> I just thought that you would like that. And he's a doctor. It says Howie Feltersnatch, MD, was born to be a gynecologist. <laughs> Imagine. Well, this is, this is my friend, Dr. Feltersnatch. Because he's... <laughs> yeah, he's a gynecologist. He's a one... Yeah, his name is... He's, he's really good. Is Feltersnatch is good? Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best. <laughs> Fuck, it's 
so immature. <laughs> Dan, look at Dan. Dan's like, this is even too immature for him. I laughed. Mm. I know. Uh, so I didn't. Mean, it's not as highbrow as so you know, dollars Fred and goes, centies. Fred laughs longer at that kind of joke than most, or at least me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that shit. <laughs> I just do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not gauging. I just thought. I think I just looked over and I could see that look of the. I'm too cool for this <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Uh, so no uh, Sherpa tomorrow, but we're going to do a nice program tomorrow. I think we've got a good guest. Tony Clement will be with us. Also, uh, uh, David Eisenstadt. Uh, very interesting uh, discussion of... He, he's a guy that I, I've been in touch with at the odd time. He works for the Canadian Jewish uh, something or other. And, uh, you know, some Jew stuff. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for that. Stuff. That's juice. funny too. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Have you, are you gauging how long Fred laughed at that versus? <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's got an interesting article about 30 Jewish Canadian musicians, and it would be, I think, of interest to see. You know, there are some famous ones and people you wouldn't know. You know that are Jewish. Obviously, Leonard Cohen, Canadian musician, Jewish. What about Geddy Lee? There's another Jew. Drake. Hey, Drake. Sure, and we're we're going to play Jew or not Jew, right? Isn't yes, that? I think so. I think we're going to play game, Jew or not yeah. Jew. I, I hope we do. Um, mm-hmm. All by way of saying, we hope you'll join us tomorrow, along with myself, Friedrich, and this sweet angel that is Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow more dad jokes and Wayscale instructional video talk. Yeah, do you think tomorrow, Fred, uh, Dan will have the scale working or not? My guess is not. You know why? No, fuck, it's only tomorrow. He needs another week. Yeah. Oh, no, because uh, here's the thing. He's got so much paperwork. He's backed up. He's got a lot of paperwork. Dan? What are, <laughs> Freddie, what are the Bodogs uh, yep. uh, people saying about Dan the over? It's a scale. From the habitations of the towns we know A place we saw the lights turn low The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?